0: Hey, can we get an update on the bidet? Like it, love it? Any regrets? It is still not hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the short. End. Well, but let me, So wait, what? Because it'll be easy to hook up, right? But well, every it time I think up? about doing it, because okay, so now I got to figure out which bathroom is going to go in, right? I got, oh God! I got the one that allows hot water already, mm-hmm. this is which means there's two places it can go. I mean, if you can plan can go to just, climb a mountain, sh- sh- fight Titanoboa, <laughs> to get some metal, I feel like you can get that bidet installed. Butter. Scotch. I Hey everybody! Welcome to episode two twenty one of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm probably riddled with disease that has not yet erupted. I'm Sam, and this is a show <laughs> where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is September 2. two twenty nineteen, otherwise s- known as Labor Day. Yeah, mm. we're here. We are working mm-hmm. super hard. Yep, on Labor Day. For I call Seth. it celebrating Labor. Labor Day. That's right. It's a day for play. <laughs> yeah. Mm, does that uh, mean, does it mean to play Ark when I get home? Is that what Yep. That means? yep. It's Playbird Day. It's Playbird <laughs> Day, folks. <laughs> get playing. Also, there's going to be swears in this podcast. Yes, there will be. So just do whatever you got to do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we got two new supporters over at Net. We got a message from John who says, I'm a long-time listener. After last week's episode, I wanted to give you a token of my appreciation to thank you for all the hours of entertainment and great, mm. great enough advice. Which is enough. enough. <laughs> I can qualify. It. Uh, I also like that it wasn't good enough. It was great. Great enough. enough it's so, a weird one, right? You know? uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to put that on the spectrum between like, like real, real bad, mm. and uh, which I thought great was kind of the other side of that. But Definitely. maybe there must be something about it. It's be better than good that. enough, which yeah. is great mm-hmm. enough. I guess uh, if, you're, if you're hitting – I guess, yeah, it's hitting great from the bottom. That's what it's doing, It's right? on the lower it's end of It's on the lower of great, end of great. Which is better than good. I yeah. definitely say my favorite token of appreciation is money because it's the only token of appreciation that you can exchange for other goods. Like a hot dog. Yep. Yeah. It's a good token. It's a good yeah. one. If yeah. you mm-hmm. uh, uh, d- exchange it for a hot dog, you're also exchanging it for a decrease in your long-term survival. You know what I mean. So maybe just, maybe, maybe John, John, John just do. killed Bottles. our deaths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, John. John finishes by saying, "Nothing <laughs> matters, but who cares? Keep on sharing." Oh, I love it. There we go. Uh, we also got a message from Wraithrus who says, "My ear holes have been filled with enough hours of your podcasts that I couldn't not give some support. It's entertaining, informative, and I appreciate the outreach your team makes to share your experiences." Thanks, thanks. So I, it can. sounds like, uh, in response to Sam, you being like. I don't know if it's even worth. Yeah, maybe I should complain more. And people. Yeah. Complain. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, of early on, like wait, a, a thousand years ago, like mm-hmm. episode 50 or something of the podcast when it was me who was editing it because there was a while Sam was doing it and then there was another while that I was oh, yeah. doing it. And so I was writing up the summaries and I was right. I was just getting pissed off because I was like, I'm trying to summarize this hour long podcast in a, you know, in a few sentences and I then I, mean, I had to listen to it again because I already forgot everything we we're talking <laughs> oh, yeah. about. So like so this was happening and I was like, Dude, I never read these. Does anybody read these? And so I just I just wrote like two sentences and I just said, maybe I'll just stop writing these because I don't think anybody reads them anyway. And then we had like five people tweet us and yep. say, hey, I read hey, those <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so. Of course, nobody's going to tell you that they read it. Yeah. We just and need let, to have yeah, – we got to have more forced call-outs yeah. where, we, where we put people in a you position. got to show us some love, man. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, yeah, they, oh, speaking of love, somebody also sent us a care package. Yes. Yeah, pure knickers. Pure knickers yeah. sent as a care package. Yes. So thanks for that. I'm, I'm, I was looking at it and I'm a little confused at what it is. It's a, it's a big bundle of goods. It's a big bundle of of seemingly, high-end mm. seemingly, high-end, seemingly <laughs> high end goods. Seemingly high end. Favorite kind. of <laughs> That's goods. Yeah, it's all stuff that is. I'm looking at it and like the packages look very uh, beautiful. Yeah, but, it, but it's got like it's got a person's face on it. Yeah, very you know, which always. It's like Burt's Bees, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's like a, there's Stone a person a, who's yep. in charge, and so that suggests that there's there's like a there's a human, stamp of approval on this. Right, thing. There's someone you can sue if there's a finger exactly, in honey. a human there's, finger. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and along those lines, if having it's that person whose face is on the ball. Do you process honey with chopping devices? Is that like a thing? Well, I if you're doing it, it wrong, and then you get fingers in it, <laughs> and then that's how you get sued. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta have a way to squeeze the honey out of the comb. I mean, why not knives? Squeeze, is it, it with a, squeeze it with a <laughs> knife, squeeze it with knife. No, I mean, because knives have really – because the other thing about knives, people always think about the sharp I think end, when you right? squeeze things with knives, you're just scissoring them, right? No, no, no. No, yeah. no. Because, again, <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong part of the knife. Knives have two parts. They have a sharp uh-huh. edge, which is barely any of the knife. If we're, That's true. It's right? almost 0% of the exactly. knife. Exactly. And then they have this huge flat surface, which is great. Which is which most of the Which is almost the entire knife. It's but for it's slapping. It's for smashing things. Slapping and smashing. Slapping and smashing. So if you want to get the honey out of a comb, mm. take two knives. Slap them. Slap them together <laughs> with you the comb clap, in between, and then you just squeeze it <laughs> <With> <laughs> Knife blades. Clap that comb. Yeah. Now, you want to get those big, like a butcher's cleaver. Those are the best clapping knives. Yeah, clap those ones are, yeah. ones are fucking great. Yeah. Yep. So Glad that's we, just a pro tip for all you uh, beekeepers. Yeah. <laughs> <Because The> beekeepers <laughs> at home up. chefs. Yep. D- don't we're don't we're forget a, the broad side right. of the knife. We're adding a beekeeping segment to our mm-hmm. podcast. So There's some metaphor about knives that I feel like is good here, which is, you know, the important part is actually only this. Tiny little percentage. It's the part you wouldn't even think about until yeah. you get actually. It's you know, basically it's basically a DevOps metaphor, you know, because like it's all about the support system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the infrastructure. It is. You need the infrastructure because you can't to ha- slice a tomato. You right can't have because the whole thing about an edge. The, the reason it's valuable is be, is because the less it exists, the better it is. You know, but that's mm-hmm. also but true. The, the, the less part. it exists, the more support it requires for that to be true. But the less it exists, the more of an edge it is. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what does that mean? That means. That I'm not sure. I've got. I, I fell <laughs> off the wagon. That means, that means that the that means that the best knife is the one that you imagine. So the like you were here for clapping a comb. <laughs> yeah, Where you're like, oh, this you real knife. Right, no, you go. lost me. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway, yeah. we'd also like to thank our recurring supporters who keep, uh you know, recurringly <laughs> support, recurringly supporting us. Yeah, we Thanks. have very like, obvious advice to be dishing out here. I'm glad someone's you know this seen is the worth value something. Yeah, this is worth clapping a <laughs> comb. Um, all right, let's talk <laughs> about – home clappers. Let's talk about life. <laughs> For starters, there's a hurricane coming. So if you're over there, buckle your house windows. And get out of town. And the there is there. like some very sizable chunk of the entire world because hurricanes are real big. Yes. Yeah, so get yes. out of there. Get out of there. It's like the yep. entire bottom right quadrant of the US. Yeah. In order to hit the, the whole Caribbean area. So yeah. You know. uh, so, you know, uh, our thoughts go out to people who are over there mm-hmm. in that whole area of the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. Be careful, be safe, yep. all that stuff. Beekeep. keep. Bee keep. Yep. Keep your bees safe. <laughs> Good thing. Because hurricanes and bees <laughs> Do not mix. don't oh, go man. well. You don't want to have no, 200 you... mile an hour bees coming at you. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> like, like a Sharknado situation. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Nado. let's talk about Dr. Seuss. Okay. Yeah. So I you read, read I read the book. What book? Uh, not like a Dr. Seuss book. No. <laughs> well, I have, re- <laughs> I have read some of those. Back, back in the day. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't realize how many there were for one. There's like like 40 or 60 of them or something. I think we only had two or three We had like two, up. which I think were the two that everybody had which is Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham, of course. Yep. I believe we also had Horton, Fox and Socks, Horton Here's a Who, so we had a bunch, and okay. Red Fish, Blue Fish. Okay, there's like one fish, a... two fish. If and if the you know. Grinch. And the Grinch. Okay, so we apparently <laughs> had, like, we <laughs> we had, apparently had the entire library. <laughs> <laughs> we had the whole catalog. But there were a bunch of them that I didn't even realize existed. So, like, the first one he wrote. Was And I like how he started, which is, he always just had this weird idea, which would basically a premise. And then he figured out sort of what situation – it was like superheroes, right? He figured out like a weird power that someone has or a curse that someone has essentially. And then figure out a situation in which that causes trouble. And then the reaction to that trouble sort of teaches some mild lesson, right? So the first one was about this boy who uh, had a hat on. And Anytime he took his hat off, he just grew another hat, okay? Oh. And the problem was he had to go – he had an audience with the king. And the king asked you know, you're supposed to like take your hat off as a sign of respect. And he couldn't he took his hat off and his hat just kinda of came back and the king just was not having it. And so it's just these really weird ideas. But now this guy is manifesting matter from nothing. I know. I mean the king should have you know the King should've been like, We could burn these hats as an energy source. Yep. That's yeah, what I was thinking. Absolutely. We could feed our entire uh kingdom, I guess would be mm-hmm. the term. With, with heat with the hotness of the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so it was very interesting because he so he, he got most of his sort of chops from he did cartoonist stuff in school and then um failed at or I guess left. I think mean, really didn't fail out, but he left uh, trying to get a doctorate he of English. Out. Um yeah, he was in Oxford trying to get a doctorate and then it was very funny because apparently his notes his notebook started very pure, you know, like taking very serious English notes, and then you see like He just little, got bored. Yeah. Like, <laughs> little creatures just start like showing up on pages, and by the time the semester's done, it's just it's just got creatures. A, it's a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, it's plan. basically a Dr. Seuss book. And so the most interesting thing I found about it was that um So wait, did he ever become an actual doctor? He did. He finally got a doctorate, but his honor all of them were honorary doctorates. Oh. Dr. Seuss is just like a little funny moniker he made up because he was always writing, he's always writing some of these weird taxonomies about these weird creatures. And so he, right. st- he thought it lended a nice, a more, you know, authoritative yeah. air if someone's talking about these creatures. Yeah, I mean, nobody um, wants to read Mr. Seuss's books. No. Who is no, this guy? Like, especially yeah. when you're talking about weird animals. Yeah, uh, But apparently he, he did coin the term nerd, which I did not know. Oh. He had a book of a bunch of strange animals that he had made. One of them was a nerd, which was this weird bird that had like a, a t-shirt on. That was basically <laughs> it. <laughs> For some reason, it just like slipped into the slang vernacular. And that that's so that's why we call each other nerds now. Thanks, Dr. Seuss. Uh, but then beyond that, the most important one um was that so Cat in the Hat was his big sort of like breakout one. And that happened like this is way later. This is I think he's in his like late forties or something. And then uh, that book was made with a limited set of words, and it was actually made to replace those sort of – remember those old like the Dick and Jane or like the C-Spot Run books? He mm-hmm. basically was like, these books are so boring that no wonder kids hate reading. You guys suck at writing. You guys want to write a better book. And so the rules were that you had to use this list of 250 words that were sort of like the beginner words, right? Yeah. So already a struggle to like find a, a story you could tell and then rhyme the whole thing in that context. And he managed to do it with cat in hat, And then his publisher was like, I bet you couldn't do it in 50. And he was like, well, fuck you. And so <laughs> he went. Dr. Seuss. And he made. That's where green eggs and ham came from, which is actually sort of like where the big blowout thing happened. Where uh, he finally uh, like you know hit serious critical mass. Um, less is more in this case. But it, yeah, it was just so interesting sort of hearing this hearing this story and seeing how, one, how everyone always like rejected all of his stuff. Like his first book, he took to like f- – he physically took to a bunch of publishers in New York and then also was shipping all over the place trying to get someone to get it. It was an ABC book that was all illustrated in weird Dr. Seuss stuff. And uh, and no one wanted it, and then it just got lost in the mail. Man, same shit happened with Harry Potter. Yeah. J.K. Rowling got got rejected by 23 yeah, like different 20, yeah. publishers. It's just part of the game, right? And, and so, so, They're like, Nah, I don't really get it. Yeah, but apparently like, on his way back from his last one, he was just like – he was so done. And he was apparently on his way home to burn his book because he was just like – he'd been shopping around. He's just so fucking tired of everybody being like, Nah, I don't want to look terrible. Um, and then ran into an old buddy of his who just started working as an editor at a publishing house that was mm-hmm. literally he. that guy had just walked out of his office and then he told him what was going on the guy's like oh let me just let's just go up and uh, talk to the you know the big wig up here and see what they do and they were like yeah we'll do it yeah. so just like freaking <laughs> randomly if you would have walked on the other side of the street you probably wouldn't even have a Dr. Seuss around it's yeah. about who you know it is so um, I don't know it was just a very interesting and I think very inspiring read so if anybody's interested in that sort of like just seeing you know following the arc of some of these some of these giants in uh, creation and stuff like that. I think it's a really good book. So Becoming Dr. Seuss is the, the name of it. Okay. That's it. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, that's good. So I got a, I got a quick story mm. before we go on to studio news. So I'm 32 now mm-hmm. and it's happening. Like me being 32 is a thing. That's, mm. I'm starting to you feel, feel it? in it. Yeah. So having... so we all know the, the story of the tooth. Okay. From oh, No. Okay. So last which, week. Yeah. Which if you haven't listened to the past few episodes, Long story short, says tooth had to be hollowed out because it was a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, the the root canal process is a multi part procedure. Um, you get the root canal and you go back, and then they put in some like temporary cement in your hollow tooth hole, and then later you go to your normal dentist, and then they put in a permanent filling. Mm-hmm. So they like they hollowed out again and they put permanent filling in. So uh, I was super pumped because I was like, yes, I'm at the end of my dental journey time to resume normal life oh, no uh I I come home I've got my new you know cement thing and a day goes by and I'm eating some vegetables just 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 vegetables okay. okay and all of a sudden on the other side of my mouth no I hear this like kind of like crunch sound and I'm like that's weird I'm eating vegetables and then I feel something kind of like loose uh, like a like sandy? Grainy. Yeah. yeah yep and it turns out I chipped my back molar. Oh, no. <laughs> Literally the day after I wrapped up all this other shit. So now I got to go back, take care of that. Oh, and I was like, oh, I'm just not going to deal with this right now. You know, like, because it, it wasn't bad enough that it's a real mm-hmm. problem. It's just kind of like p- pointy now. Um, so then I go to bed. The next morning, I wake up. My fucking ankle hurts <laughs> for no reason. Like, I'm walking around. I'm just like, ow. And I can't, I'm like limping around the house because I <laughs> slept. <laughs> I guess <laughs> now you, you pulled your ankle in your sleep. I pulled it. <laughs> I twisted pulled it. your ankle. Yeah. In my, your ankle's a bone. You can't even pull it. Guess what? You did. I did. You it. Pulled I, it. Pulled it. I pulled it while sleeping. I, it was, <laughs> it was also because like, all my stuff started when I was 28. And so we, we've been musing because we got uh, for the studio, we, we got uh, life insurance mm-hmm. for all of us as the people running the show. So that well, you I, two got I got a week. A, week. So a week. Sam can't get it yet. But so I'm at least so if, so if me or Seth get hit by a bus then the studio doesn't necessarily go under, mm-hmm. though it will be very hard to recover from that, obviously. Uh so we did all that and, and the then we bus were, is going to have a lot of damage too like. <laughs> but it wasn't who it hits if it right. hits me <laughs> even <everyone> ever noticed <laughs> but but yep. uh, so, so we got we got our premiums <laughs> back and my premiums are like twice as high as Seth's like yeah. literally 2x and which I thought was really funny cuz like Seth like me and Seth both have high cholesterol yeah you know that's just a genetic uh, thing yeah right. but and and so we really, and uh and like I'm not I'm not like there's nothing like very obviously wrong with me besides I'm just kind of generally weak you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so I was trying to figure out like what is it – and I'm only I'm only a year older. So mm-hmm. I was just like, what is it? What is it? You know? huh And my guess at the time was, was you know, it was because I had all these – I had had a surgery basically like yeah. 10 months before or something like that. Um, who knows? But now I think it's really funny though because it's clearly correct, you know, because all my stuff started four years before all your stuff started. But the unfortunate so part I'm just, is – just I'm just less healthy somehow and mm-hmm. somehow they know. Yeah, but of course the unfortunate <laughs> part is it all gonna it's all gonna catch up anyway. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. you you were you were less healthy at the time. Yeah, but I'm I'm gaining. Yeah, I'm catching <laughs> you. Closing that gap. Really closing that gap. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, hmm. and also like random things have been falling apart in my house, and so my, so my wife and I now have this like shit keeps happening, and we just look at each other and we're just like 2019. <laughs> Fucking 2019. <Can't> get <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so that's just a thing that's Damn, happening. Man. All right, let's talk about Shenanicon. It's coming up. It's coming up September 28th, 1 to 5 p.m. That's a it's Saturday. In, it's in f- less than four weeks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's here in St. Louis. It's a small uh, sort of like fan convention mm-hmm. for uh, people who listen to the podcast, people who like our games, uh, other developers who just want to come hang out. We're going to be showing Scuffle Buddies at this thing, which is was our – I think we put like seven months into that project yeah. and then threw it in the we, trash. We, we quote, back burner. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. We turned the back burner on real high and then mm-hmm. put it on the back burner. Yeah, it's just sitting there smoking up the. It's room. got some of that char on it now. Yeah. You know, which I feel some people are into. Uh, yeah. So we've never shown this game to anybody. And we're going to show it at Con and we're going to talk about that and kind of that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to try to get a playable. Yeah. So if you want to oh, yeah. play around with that, you can. Uh, we're going to have some level head competitions. Which are going to be friendly competitions now. You don't have to be good at the game to participate. It's going to be fun. It'll be worth it yeah. if you're bad We'll game, do a live honestly. podcast That's episode, true. and we're going to have some hangout time. And then also afterwards, we're going to go to uh, – where are we going? going Scotch Arms. Yeah. There's, there's a, a restaurant-slash-bar right nearby. Uh, we got an area on the back patio. we we'll just go hang out and just kind of shoot the shit for the evening. Mm-hmm. So if you're in for a great time, go to net. Get yourself some tickets. Come to Shenanicon September Twenty eight, and if you're in for a bad time, then do something home. else. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah, uh, just age. That's one of the things you can do. <laughs> I mean, that's let me <laughs> doing that regardless. But do you want to, you want to age in the company of of people like yourself, mm-hmm. all having a great time with swollen ankles. With sw- yep. well, everyone with their swollen ankles. Yep, <laughs> we'll all elevate our ankles and ice them together. Yeah, Speaking <laughs> of, I was I was lifting this morning and just randomly while doing a curl, uh-huh. my, which is one of the simplest movements, it, that you my do. back started hurting, It's <laughs> like. Why? <laughs> yep. So yeah, come age with us. Come <laughs> age, age with us, <laughs> <laughs> We're older. That's the that's the thing. <laughs> um. All right. So Adam and Sam, you guys went to PAX last we did. week, right after last episode. We right after we recorded, you guys. Yeah. Just, you guys just got on a plane and left. Yeah. So uh, mainly what we did was actually we didn't go to PAX proper. Actually, we didn't even. We did not go to PAX. No, not not at all. So. Uh, we did have passes for Friday slash the, the weekend, but uh, we actually left on Saturday morning, bright and early, to get out of town. So what we were actually there for is mainly PAX dev, mm-hmm. which is the first time we've done that. And for those who aren't in the know, it's just sort of a little, uh, it's a two-day, it's just like a mini GDC, just for two days before Very mini. Very mini. Uh, but the fun thing about it is that the gamesindustry.biz site, which we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast... Um, they tend to cover all the news and stuff that's going on in the industry. Uh, they host an investment summit during that time as well. And so there are a lot of people who are pitching games to publishers at that point, and a lot of publishers also there. And so it's actually – it's a weirdly disproportionate high number of people who are, like, sort of doing a lot of stuff in the industry who happen to show up at PAX Dev. Uh, the opening talk was by Warframe, which was awesome. Cool. And uh, By Sheldon Carter over there, which is really good. He's and- the – COO, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um. And it was a very fun talk, and it was sort of – there was no particular takeaway from the talks that we got this year, but more so just in, in ease that we're probably doing things correctly or at least in the correct direction because a lot of it was more or less DevOps-related where there was this, there was things along yeah, the lines all of the, – All the good stories were yes. basically like – oh, we're basically – and they didn't always call it DevOps. So I mm-hmm. think people aren't familiar with the term, but it's like we weren't really either, but we were like slowly working our way towards that kind of just mm-hmm. – on accident and then we learned about that as like an actual practice and then went and then now we could accelerate because we actually knew what we were trying right. to do. And I think there's a lot of that basically. It's like people yeah. people basically doing DevOps practices without necessarily knowing that that's what they were doing. Right. Um, and the most important thing about it is that Pax Dev is actually what's referred to as a it's a black box. So you're not supposed to, you cannot tweet about it. You cannot share your like knowledges as they're happening. Uh, unless the person gives you like explicit, you know, yes, this is fine. So man. no photography, you know, no. Yeah. Oh, so no. It's, it's supposed to create an environment where devs are more likely to just like speak be honest, freely and be honest with each other. Um, so they they can mean, share numbers and just more real experiences. So it was very, it was actually very fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah, it was. And it was the same sort of, uh, if, if you've ever been to GDC, talks are very, extremely hit or miss. Yes. Um, it was, of course, I say, because it's talks. You just never know. Uh, so it's the same sort of deal here. But I would say of the ones that I went to, is about, it was about 50% good and 50% yep, uh, not so is good. good? <laughs> um, but, uh, but GDC is is a lot worse than that. So it's I like think, 30%, I'd say. Yeah, I think, I think it was proportionally the talks were better. But I think a lot of that was because it was coming from people who just tended to have – or the, the people who were selected to give talks anyway were ones that had a lot of industry experience, yeah. Yeah, which isn't essentially make for a good talk. Because that's a different kind of skill. playing man. a probability but game, it meant, right? Yeah, but it meant they were talking about interesting well, stuff. Well, because you got – yeah, you got to get that Venn diagram of, of somebody who can who can both assemble and then deliver a really good talk. Yeah. And who has done yes. all the things that are interesting enough to talk about. Yeah. So there's like a little slice there in the middle. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, and we did that for the first two days while we were there. And then uh, we did the Xbox showcase. So we showed up at Microsoft at like 9 a.m. And we're there until 9 p.m. basically. Um, we did set up. We met with a bunch of other devs. And it was really cool. They're, so they set up stations for us. And this is our, our joke was essentially like we want to go to PAX without having to go to PAX. You know what yeah. I mean? Like can we just – can we have our cake and eat it? Is this an option? Yeah. Um, and so what that amounted to was was uh, applying for this Xbox showcase and the mix, which was on Friday. Uh, at both events, they provide signage that we we made it sign, But they build it and get it there. And then – uh, they provided TV. They provided controllers. Um, and so HDMI we were, cables, like, all the stuff, like, and so we were able to just sort of roll in with a laptop and then do in. our thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is really fun. And and most importantly, like we so we ended up showing we showed Levelhead at both uh, the Xbox showcase and the mix, and it was very fun to watch. I and I mm-hmm. forgot about this because like Crashlands never demoed well. No, because it's a single player game. Well, it's a single player story game. It's a story game, and yeah. it's chill. And so, and a lot of what you're doing is is harvesting resources, which yeah, is like walking. So yeah, you're at a convention. There's a trillion people. It's mm-hmm. fucking loud. You got eight friends breathing over your shoulder. Yeah. Like, come on, let's let's go to the next mm-hmm. thing. And exactly. They're trying to play Crashlands. Come yeah. on, it's a little too chill for that. And yeah. so we've talked about uh, uh, quite a bit before about how you know your your performance at a convention does not actually relate. Very well to your market, your true marketability, because yeah, you can't correlate. Those yeah, two. it's like you know, some people are really good at, at giving a performance, but not necessarily the best at making the actual music. At the end of the day, it's the same sort of thing. Um, but in Levelheads' case, it was very interesting because this was like we was the first time we got sort of extended viewing of just people playing co-op. It, it was basically all co-op all the time. Yeah, because people come up in pairs or fours or whatever else. Well, um, would, and even when they didn't, then Sam would play with them. Yep. And so I – Sort of like – instead of instead of being like, here, I'll play and show you, or here, you play you don't know what the hell you're doing, mm-hmm. it was let me give you a guided experience. So I, I thought it was really fun to watch actually because people would be – would just be not knowing even what to do and then Sam would just like pick them up and throw them in the next room just to be – Yeah, like, I was, okay, very, I, was <laughs> I was doing a lot of uh, – yeah, a lot of that. Like, oh, let me it was – it, like, it was essentially a guided tour of the game was, where yeah. people people kind of got to feel like they were contributing in some way, you know, but – they yeah. have to be very. Everybody good Everybody thought that yeah. they were doing a really good job. Yeah, because like <laughs> right. if they were struggling too much to get the package or something, then I would just go like Sam I would just go get it, and then envisioning would, and like, then like then throw a, it back, and then over throw to it him. on the ground so they could go easily pick it up. I'm envisioning like an enemy coming in and Sam just picking up and throwing them at the enemy's head and be like, "Wow, you really got that." I did. That. <laughs> Actually happen <laughs> a few times. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, crushed that it. Was uh, it was very fun. Um, and I was building a, I built a level on the on the show floor, which was all sort of between people and stuff, and then slowly ended up using that one primarily for demo purposes. Um, where it just really rapidly, they just took you through all the power, ups. Yeah, took you through all the power ups and then showed you like paths and secrets and that sort of thing. Um, but it was hysterical. I mean, watching people bungle through stuff as a trio or as like a, a four person group was absolutely. Yeah. It wonderful. was, there was a, a group of, of very young children at the Xbox. And yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know how to age children because like I'm seven. not around them very much, but yeah, Some three and five to seven. I think they were definitely, they definitely seemed younger than 10. Yeah. Um, and, and so they came up, and I was like, I was kind of dreading it because I was like, because uh, I was like, this is a hard game, and we don't, we hadn't, we hadn't like spec'd out what's oh, an easy co-op mm-hmm. like uh level that that people can play or anything. So we hadn't done any of that, and they turned loose on a level that was pretty just freeform, mm-hmm. like so you know pretty pretty open. Like there's was nothing really. Had to do was and there not even any enemies, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and those fucking kids were just having so much fun, they, <laughs> weren't even, they weren't even trying to accomplish anything, nope. they didn't know, the, and they didn't even like ask, they didn't care what they're they were just around each other, they were just giggling at each other and, and laughing hysteria. and They were very good. I was like, How, What the fuck? Like, they're yeah. just like, I don't know this. Uh, so it was really fun, and uh, and I will give a shout out to uh, Pop Dunk Bag Cool because. Yeah. Is two-person level, there's not that many co-op levels, right? Yeah. There's also no four-person levels. There's no four-person levels. At um, least not in the tower. The yeah, in the tower. And so, uh, so pop, donks and, and pop was actually the one that was the easiest for, from a co-op standpoint, for new people to get into. Uh, and we did try. We tried a couple. Of, we tried one of Specchio's as well. Um, but it got a little too hard, too fast for, for most people. Yeah. Uh, but PopDunks was interesting because it's, it's called uh, Throw a Friend Gently and mm-hmm. that's what it's about is this is one of the levels that came out I think it was very early it was like a long time ago and it's just about throwing a friend and like you, <laughs> you sort of throw work it together to check. figure it out yeah. um, and it it's it was very comical because basically once once I walked through the initial demo stage of people showed them the editor and, and then showed them all power-ups and stuff then if they were still into it then I would phase two was sort of like okay yeah do you guys want to play a co-op level? I'll hop out you can play this co-op level and it's a user-generated level someone else made it um, just try and give it a go and they'd put them on that one. And yeah, it would take them like five to 10 minutes basically to work through it. And it was always just absolutely hysterical. And the bigger the group and the more bombastic the group, the more ridiculous it was. We had this, yeah. this trio. I think they were Australian because they, they all had accents of some sort. Um, but they were just like, oh, my God. They were they were <laughs> screaming. They were so excited. It um, was important. I think everybody who got their hands on it was like really, really pumped. And then they would take pictures of the sign and, then, and they'd be like, okay, okay. Go, go, go get this or I'm going to get it when it comes out. Um, nice. So it was really nice. And we met a few press people as well, which was good, including uh, Game Explain, who mentioned uh, they had a sort of a, a recap video of that day. Of oh, the Xbox event. Yeah. Um, And they were really excited about that. I like that they called it uh, like a deeper, more polished Mario Maker. I know. I was, I was very <laughs> amused by that. I was like, <laughs> okay, getting spicy. Yeah, um, and it's funny because everybody wants to see us by default as like, as basically like a Mario Maker light, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, we're the, we're oh like, no. We're like idiot. the clone of it. yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so it's, but also it's, it's like, good we're still see, adding stuff every other week. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Yeah, somebody also one of the one of the press people I talked to said something like, uh, "You guys, are, like you, you guys, really, you really must think this is something if you think you can go up against Mario." And I was like, "Well," I, like, I said, "We don't have the IP, but I think we have the game." Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. Mario's not on everything, and that was and that was the other thing because he immediately realized that too. Yep. Was like, he was like, "He's like, oh, actually, the main thing is that correct. <laughs> it's yeah. all the other platforms <laughs> for now. For now, hopefully." Hopefully they don't beat us to that. Yeah, whole thing as well. Um, I think we're probably. Yeah, so it was it was a really fun it was a very fun show. It was very exhausting. Um yes. Friday so you guys were there from Monday afternoon to Saturday morning. To Saturday morning. But it's, yeah, the even though the Xbox event was 12 hours long, um, there was enough break time. Yeah, they did a good job. They broke it up. They gave us food. Yeah. Well, us it, yeah, and it was also because it was it was actually just kind of weirdly quiet for the almost the entirety of it until the end when the mm-hmm. when the public came in. And then it was, and then it was really busy. Before that, it was just because like there'd be a handful of press come in. There were there were a handful of like kids coming in to look at stuff, and so it just wasn't that busy. So a lot of what we got to do was just talk to other devs. Yeah, really fun. Which was which is way less exhausting than demoing a game. Oh yeah, so fun. I love it. Yeah, so yeah, you're just comparing notes and talking mm-hmm. about yeah, everything. And, even, and even just looking at each other's games and stuff. You know, it was just, it's because it's it's different. It's different telling another dev how your what your game's about. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. very different. But also because you're not pitching it to them. Like they're they're more interested in just like. What, what how what were your What have you pulled of, off here? Yeah, yeah, what exactly. have you managed to do? Yep. What's interesting? Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, there but, were some and the, and the Xbox event um in particular, because I, I didn't really get to look around the mix that much. Uh, but the Xbox event, I was very impressed with the caliber of games that they, oh, that yeah, they had all of them were great. I mean, even the, the the mix, I I did take a little walk around. I saw the got to chat with the Parkasaurus dev team. Oh nice hilarious. Yeah. Um fantastic people. But yeah, I mean all the games on display were phenomenal. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. I was like, what? Is happening and people we even are had, figuring out how to make really good yeah, games. Well, we even had so one we're of still our still not figuring out how to sell them. Yeah, yeah. Know, we got we had a player come up who was cosplaying as Baba from Baba is You. So, oh, he yeah, had, he, had, <laughs> the, sure he that. had the goat like just sort of on a strap on his head. Okay, and then his uh, his girlfriend had a flag because she was the flag the goal. which yeah. is uh-huh. the win condition, yeah. win. Um, yeah. But also because she was very short, and so he knew he wouldn't be able to find her. So she literally had like a huge flag in her <laughs> back so you could see where she was. But That's he came, clever. Yeah, they came up together and then he played it and he was like, Man, he was like, last year I you know, there's a bunch of duds here. He was like, I haven't played anything bad this year. He was just like so popped. And I was like, Yeah, man, it's good. That's great. <laughs> so it was it was a really good show. It was fun. Yeah, so kudos are moving. to the Xbox team for for their their selection mechanisms. Yeah, and the mix. I think both of them ended up having I think it's less than like fifty games or something at both. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was really good. Very good. Uh, then I think the last bit of studio news is I streamed again. Mm-hmm. So uh, episode seven now, we're getting in there. Yeah. This time we got uh, controller support, multiplayer, and Smash Bros. style camera. Excellent. So like where the characters move apart and things zoom out. So that's going to be up on YouTube if you're interested in kind of seeing how that comes together. Or if you just want to, you know, have the code, that's also available. Yeah. When are you GitHub. streaming next? Um I'm probably going to move to Sundays. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shoot for this next Sunday unless things are happening. So I'll be just posting cool. in the discord about it. So, uh, nice. yeah, if you want to kind of just come and chat and kind of see how game comes together, come to the, the main, stream. the main potential conflict you're going to have is that in, in two weekends, I believe, um, there's another, there's a borderlands three game launch. Yep. I, so I'm, they should probably be worried. About <laughs> your <laughs> about outside your influence, yeah. They'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, Seth is streaming. That's gonna really soak up game, all those 2D eyeballs, game uh, development. Watch out! Think we're gonna be able to? Yeah, yep. no. My plan is I'm gonna coast because you know a lot of people are gonna be on Twitch that day, and so uh, that's where I'm. Uh, you mean you're, you're gonna you're gonna draft? I'm gonna draft. up a little, <laughs> yeah. gonna, is a little different. Yeah, you know, that's I'm a different gonna thing. soak up. <laughs> They're gonna coast. And I'm gonna draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about industry news. I think the one big thing. Is classic WoW. Yep. Happened last Tuesday? It, hap- it came out uh, yes- or- er, last Monday okay, yeah. evening um, slash Tuesday morning depending on whether you mm-hmm. live in the future or not. OK. So tell us about – give us your – I want I want like the your pure experience okay. in terms of hopping into this. So – well, I, I want to give a uh, like a one-minute history of, of mm-hmm. why this matters. Okay. OK. So WoW came out in 2004. Uh, it, Fifteen years ago. Yeah. Uh, November 2004. It surpassed all expectations by Blizzard. Their goal was to make an an MMO that was sort of like a version of EverQuest that wasn't horrible. Uh, In EverQuest, when you died, you'd lose all your gear. You would level down, and mostly you just killed the same monsters over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of what the game was. There was a a philosophy at the time that MMOs were this really niche thing that most people would hate because of how tedious and boring they were and how punishing they were. So Blizzard approached it and said, what if we took the Warcraft IP – and took the MMO concept and tried to make the MMO more approachable. so a Palatable. lot less punishing and um, and and kind of like fused these ideas together. So they brought ideas from Diablo 2 in terms of like how your character progresses with like a skill tree. Um, they fleshed out this huge world and, uh, and they just immediately sort of like players just flocked to this game. Wasn't it the case that they went on opening day? Didn't the dev team show up to go sign some copies or something and they thought that like – that they'd be done in like forty five minutes. And they're like just, they know, were just bobbed. Yeah, I mean, like they, six thousand people showed up. Or something. Their they're servers, their servers were down for weeks because they yeah. this was at a, like a pre DevOps time. It was also pre cloud time. Pre cloud, right? So so like you they had had, you couldn't just yeah, you couldn't just rent somebody. They had else's like machines. legit. They had their own server. Yep. Uh, heart like they're called s- blades. Right. They had like server each, blades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the so the only way to expand your infrastructure was to literally go buy hardware and have somebody provision it and plug it in. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, so world it's a of different times. So world of Warcraft. Uh, so like it was, it was a game that was kind of weak. Like it was kind of rough around the edges and it was very different from what a lot of people had experienced. You'd play it in a third person view. You'd go around and do quests. You level up your character, but everything that you do is in a shared world with other people. So it's an MMO. So as you're walking around doing quests, you'll see somebody else. And then like you can join a party with them and then go quest together. Um, so, so this game grew and grew and grew until about 2009. Uh, at which point it peaked at 12 million subscribers paying $15 a month. Um, and around that time, Blizzard's design philosophy changed and they started they started using phrases like bring the player, not the class. So in World of Warcraft, you choose your class. So maybe you're like a hunter or a warrior or whatever. And, and that means there's a bunch of stuff you can do. And a bunch of stuff you can't do. There's way more things you cannot do. Right. More, which more means you have to team up with people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of players over time started complaining about other things that they couldn't do. People want, people always want to win more, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, Blizzard started listening to these uh, player complaints and they started a process uh, called homogenization, which was start, start taking stuff from one class and give it to this other class. And start like blending things together so that you no longer have a mage or a warlock or whatever. You now just have people who shoot spells. You just mm-hmm. got like ranged damage dealers, and they're all kind of doing the same stuff. And if, and if you play Guild Wars Two, that's basically kind of like the culmination yes. of that design philosophy, right? Where everybody, is every, can, everything's basically everybody the same. can kind of do everything. So for the record, uh, I found that exceptionally boring. But yes, um, so this this was also around the time that they shifted their design philosophy for two other things. One was they decided that every player should be able to access every bit of the content. They started looking at it as a cost-benefit question. So they would say like, there's a bunch of stuff in this game that's really hard. And because it's hard, only a very small percentage of our players will ever see it. And we don't think it's worth the cost for us to build things Mm -hmm. that most of our players don't see. uh, And so we think it would be better if we made the content more approachable. So all the stuff that used to be hard, they started a process of scaling where they would like make a really easy version of that thing and then a medium version and then a hard version. So that even if you – do almost nothing and have no concept of how to play the game, and you don't try and you don't do anything. You can still go in and win. Mm-hmm. Like you can still go in and do this like part of the game that used to be very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was they the, the final sort of like shift in design philosophy in two thousand nine was that players should always be able to uh, to get access to whatever content they want, no matter what. So. Uh, this mostly came down to the idea that if you wanted to do group content, you shouldn't have to go out of your way to find a group. You shouldn't have to have friends. You shouldn't have to have a social circle or anything. Mm. You shouldn't have to be in a guild. You should just be able to click a button and just be in a group and mm. just be doing the content. So they added this thing called the group finder where it would like lump everybody together and you just teleport to the dungeon. These are complete strangers and and then you, you do that. So the, these uh, – sort of like this triad of design decisions caused the, the entire com- like social fabric of the game to just kind of come apart. Yep. Um, and, and you could see it. Like there's a point where there's – where the subscriber base like hits 12 million. They drop the patch that does like all of these things and then just like boom. The subscribers just start sliding and mm-hmm. they just go down and down and down. Um, and so the modern version of the game kind of like takes all this stuff to an extreme. So nowadays uh, you can like every, nothing you do really matters. You don't, you can be a dick to people and you're never going to see them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what class you pick doesn't really matter because they're all kind of the same. And, and it's just a very sort of um, it's a very convenient and streamlined experience, but it also is very uninteresting. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, because of the, these like shifts over time, a bunch of, a bunch of players decided we're going to try to like rebuild old. Wow. So, They started hosting private servers that they managed to somehow recreate Blizzard's infrastructure so that people could play the old version of the game on private servers. This was illegal. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, there were millions of players playing on these private servers, and Blizzard ended up shutting them down. So then in 2015, 2014, somewhere around there, a player at BlizzCon asked uh, a panel of Blizzard developers, when are we going to be able to play the original Classic. version of the game because the modern <laughs> game is just not the same game anymore, right? And they had this infamous line where they said, like, you think you want that, but you don't want that. You think you do, but you don't. Uh, basically saying – Which also – I think that's also hilariously counter to how they had been doing game design. Right. right. Which, is, which is they've been saying, <laughs> which is, you, you think you want this, so we'll give so it we'll to you. So we'll just give it to you. Yeah. Um, and so, so it, this kind of like riled everybody up, of course. Because players are like, "What the fuck?" Like, we all want this, Mm -hmm. you know. Don't tell us what we just like. There's, we have a, we want to give you money, and we're tired of of being on these illegal private servers to play the game that we want to play. So then, a couple years later, Blizzard actually announces that they're going to be doing Classic WoW, which is they're going to try to rebuild the game precisely as it was back then. Um, And over a couple year period, they managed to pull that off with a small team, and it launched last week. Uh, so Blizzard was woefully unprepared for how many people were interested in this. They had, I think, 12 servers for all of North America and like four servers for Europe or something like mm. that. This a server can hold like a you know a couple dozen thousand people, like yeah. 30,000 people or something like that. And uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people waiting in queue to get into these servers. The queues inside, at some point stretched over 22 hours long for Jeez. people <laughs> trying to get in to play this game. Um, and so Blizzard kept opening up servers, and then those servers would fill up, and then they would have a ten thousand person queue, and then another server, and that server would have a ten thousand person queue. How many? Did, so, how many did they open up last week? I think they're now like in the forties in North America, and <laughs> like the twenties in Europe. Um, and it and wow. the the demand keeps going up. And uh, and I, I was looking at my my Battle.net friends list because Blizzard has this system that that you can like see players across all their games. Mm-hmm. Every person on my Battle.net friends is playing Classic WoW. Mm-hmm. Nobody's playing any other Blizzard games uh, right now. And they've also had a lot of interesting uh, interviews where they basically – they continuously describe this game as, a, as like a, a tourist event, which is like nobody really wants this. People are just going to come through, kind of see the sights, realize it's terrible, and then wander off. So this is what I want to ask you about because you played it. I played it last week. Is it terrible? It is it is incredible. I mean, it's it's exactly the the game that I remember. Um, You know, like a lot of people were kind of dismissing it as like the game sucks, and everybody's just looking at it with nostalgia, which is of course weird to say that because people have been playing it this whole time, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like if if it truly is bad, then why would people just be playing it for 15 years on private servers? You know, Um, and and what really stands out about it is that is that it actually I think. At the time, back in 2004, uh, it kind of took the world by storm because of the unique social experience that it offered. Uh, the game was kind of hard and kind of slow and a lot of things were difficult. And I would say like the design philosophy of the game is sort of like the embodiment of the phrase, it's not about you, right? right. Like your class can't do everything. You need other people to help you. The world is kind of inconvenient because it's just the way the it, world is. Yeah, you know worlds are inconvenient. Uh, it's not as if somebody – Meticulously breadcrumbed every quest so that you could be on a perfectly streamlined experience. Like sometimes you got to run for a while mm-hmm. to get to the place you need to go. Um, and on the way, you bump into people, and you and you talk to them, and then you join a party, and you and you play together, right? And I assume some quests might be horribly unbalanced, probably. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, some of them are borderline unfair, and to yeah. the point where, like, you, you end up getting like a five person group to do what probably should have been a one person <laughs> quest. Um, but guess what? Now you're in a group with five people. You might and as well go do, do something time. else, yep. right? Yep. And so, so there's a lot of friction and inconvenience in this world, and it ends up creating these really great organic uh, social experiences. Mm-hmm. And if you go to – there's a, a classic WoW subreddit that now has 300,000 people in it. <laughs> of course. Um, it had 100,000 like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and there's just post after post of people describing how they've only been playing like Fortnite and uh, some of them maybe played modern WoW mm-hmm. or, or, or a lot of them haven't even played uh, any MMOs before. And they're jumping into classic WoW and they're just all being sort of blown away by the fact that, that somehow the design of this game is making them make friends. Yeah. Like, they've never had the experience in a game of just like playing a game, and somebody's just nice, like, everybody's just being nice to them and helping them. And they're ending up with like people that they're keeping in touch with now, day mm-hmm. after day, you know. Um, and and I think, I think if you look at the design of, of the modern version of the game, it is slick and smooth, it's and like everything you do is engineered for your convenience, it's for you. I would call it yeah. gamified, yeah yeah it is gamified it's 100%. it's the the term that people often use to describe the kind of game that modern wow is it's theme park mmo mm. where basically like there are these these self-contained rides you know that you go on and and you kind of just get like funneled through to the end and you don't really have to be very good and you just kind of mm. like <laughs> You just kind of like get in line, you get on the ride and you go to the end and you just get your right. little reward, you know. Versus classic was more like a wilderness MMO where it's like the it's, game doesn't care if you win. Yep. Well, it's actually it's going to try to kill you. It's going to try to kill you yeah, and I mean. and you've got to figure out how to beat it, you yeah. know. Um and and you also have all these interesting decisions to make. So like uh you get gold and, and so like it's currency, you know, as you defeat uh, monsters and do quests and stuff and you have a decision to make because if you want your character to get stronger and get new skills, you got to take that gold to a class trainer and pay them to give your character new skills. Mm-hmm. Right. But also like your weapons suck and you got limited bag space and you've got other things that you could be spending that gold on. And so you got to like, you got all these decisions to make about how you're going to progress and what you're mm-hmm. going to give up in the short term and, um, and everything that you do kind of matters. And, and like all these things come together to make this really interesting social experience that you just don't really see mm-hmm. uh, in any other game. Are there, uh, are there shortcuts and, in- and vanilla WoW that you can purchase? No, there's no like so in, in modern WoW there's a character boost. Yeah, like you just give Blizzard sixty dollars and like here you go now you're at like the high level and now you just mm-hmm. you skipped the whole leveling process mm-hmm. and and that's also part of it is like in the old game if you wanted to a- accomplish something you got to just fucking do it. Yep. There's no there's no cash shop. Mm-hmm. There's no like XP boost speed tokens. There's no season pass. Mm-hmm. Like you play the game and you go into the world and you do the things. Um And so. Like I was a big believer at the time that this game came out that like there's there's something special about the way that they created this cohesive uh, experience, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people nowadays say like gamers have changed, culture has changed, people don't want this kind of experience anymore. I think it's just bullshit. And and and, uh, the stock market is is a great way to measure how wrong people are about things sometimes, (laughs) because when Classic WoW launched uh, over this past week. Activision Blizzard stock has jumped ten percent. So whenever a stock price jumps, it means that something happened that was unexpected, right? right. Because people didn't see it coming, and the, and the current price of a stock reflects what people think is going to happen in the right. future. And everybody knew Classic WoW was coming, right? Um, and so that just kind of goes to show that like everybody's kind of chalking this up to nostalgia, and like it's not a very good game, et cetera, et cetera. But it's great. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very interesting experience. Uh, I think people should check it out at the very least. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, – I'm curious to see it in the in the long term and because I think there's, there will definitely be a portion of it that is nostalgia-driven and a portion of it that is tourism-driven, right? Yeah. And the question is once that goes away – because that will go away pretty fast. It does. Okay. But you know what sticks around? Friends. Friends. Yeah. Have, so like, this is the this is like the one game where like you play it and you're just not alone. But here's the other know? thing though. Here's the other thing from a from a business standpoint. I think this is a kind of an interesting discussion about about a game designed for the for the player to give the player a good experience, right? Versus a game cuz cuz you have this whole idea of like uh, if this isn't what the player wants, right? And if you're measuring what players want by what they'll spend money on, right? So you take like in-app purchases and, and like, mm-hmm. you know, free-to-play systems, right? If You use your analytics to drive your analytics, decisions. right? Then what you're actually always making is a is a gamified system, which I I would refer to basically as like to, to me gamification just means like harnessing gambling mechanics. I think that's kind of what it is, right? It's like harnessing feedback, like tight feedback loops all these kinds of things that basically cause drip well, to feeding me, It's, it's of dopamine less, it's stuff, less right? the gambling mechanics it's more just turning your game into a clicker. Yeah, so exactly. Like you're what, drifting, drifting so toward clicker. That's what I mean, right? right? It's yeah. like, but it, yeah, it's all about that really tight, fast yeah. feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And, that's and, and everything purpose. you do needs to be given a reward. Exactly, you know? yeah. Yeah, and, and it cre- yeah. so yeah, We've so talked in the past about this idea of like intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, mm-hmm. and how like as soon as people start getting paid for something, they start to only do it for the yep. payment, and yeah. they no longer feel driven to do it unless somebody gives them something, you know. And so, uh, so I think that's the interesting thing, right? Is, is if you if you're designing your your systems and you're using analytics to try to like drive how you're going to engage players more, and you're trying to make stuff quote unquote more engaging, and that's what you're measuring, right? Then that's actually naturally going to Trend towards more and more of a clicker based, yeah, kind of a kind of a gameplay, right? Which you then see in something like something like this. But the other consequence of that is that people also, if you allow them to continue spending money in some way, that those same mechanisms also cause people to spend more money, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Because now that now the only important part is the goal. So so now you take these systems that that can amass an enormous amounts of wealth for a company, right? Uh, and now let's say you go back to what players actually want to have, which is really just a social experience, right? They want to just have a hobby that they could do with friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but so now, you're, now your analytics are going to be telling you, though, that there's like all these things wrong with the game because they're not engaging players in the same way. It's also going to – but it's also going to make you less money, right? So I think there's an interesting thing like, here. It's, it's there's no, being, cash shop. there's, there's no... no cash shop. There's so no cash shop. So now Blizzard thought this was going to not – people weren't going to care about this. They were effectively doing it as a fan service, Right. Yeah, and for the, for the tiny minority like, of people exactly. who might be interested in this mm. old novelty right. game, and it now. sounds <laughs> like and it sounds like maybe to pr- they, they were trying attempting to prove a point, right? Which is to say, like, hey, modern Wow is way better than this. Like, this, yeah, look this how is bad weird. this is. Uh, so, but now Battle.net friends list is just only people playing right. classic Wow. People are not playing the modern right. version. But so, <laughs> so, but as you said, they're also not playing other games either, right? Yeah. So, so now, and, and Blizzard is a weird, Blizzard's weird actually because its ecosystem is kind of closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people who play Blizzard games. Yeah. And there are people who play games on Steam, on Steam for example. Yeah. And people who play games on Steam play like everything except for Blizzard games because Blizzard games aren't on there, right? Yep. Uh, and people in Blizzard, in the Blizzard ecosystem, will play any Blizzard game that comes out often, right? Yeah. Um, and those same people are much less likely to play games coming from mm-hmm. other platforms. So Blizzard is this kind of interesting closed ecosystem. Uh, but every game they add can bring in new players from outside of the current Blizzard ecosystem or re-engage, you know, like lapsed Blizzard um, yep. fans. But it, what it also is going to do is pull people out of other Blizzard games because it's this sort of closed yeah. ecosystem. So now you take something like... You mean they're competing with themselves. They're competing with themselves. Yeah. So now you take something like Classic WoW, which they which they which is not designed to make as much money as possible. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it's actually it's stripped away all of these clicker mechanics that cause people to spend money and to obsessively. You can just play the game. You can just just be immersed. So, so now you put people there and if Mm -hmm. that's actually what people prefer and they start to move over there, the actual- Now you have a lot more players, but- Less money, exactly. Unless unless you do unless you have so important. many more players, yes. yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the question: is is how is this actually going to balance out for their portfolio? Because if they're if they're pulling right. people away you, from you, Overwatch yeah. they're pulling people away from, yeah. I think this is stand, well, probably Hearthstone, but they're pulling people away from all of their competing products inside the thing. And in, in particular, Modern WoW, because that's probably, that's it presumably Modern WoW and Overwatch the two. Yeah, presumably, in particular, Modern WoW, they just like they probably just nuked that entire player base at least temporarily, right? Mm-hmm. Brought them on the Classic WoW, where there's less opportunity for Blizzard to make money. Right. Off well, except, key. except, yeah. Well, it's it's the it's the quantity right? exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Issue, and, and it is still a recurring revenue thing because it's fifteen bucks. Yeah, a month. Every month. Oh, yeah, which is not to yeah. say they're going to be hurting. Yeah. yeah well, for, but and, yeah. and the other interesting part here is like clearly Blizzard basically the way that they were looking at this, and and you can go back and look at all their developer interviews that they've done over the past mm-hmm. week and stuff. The way they're looking at this is a lot of players are going to you're going to re-up their WoW subscription because Classic WoW and the modern version of the game are now on the same subscription. You don't mm-hmm. need to – yeah. and you don't need to buy Classic WoW. Yeah. You you need to buy the modern one, but you don't need to buy Classic if you're a sub- subscriber. So actually it's cheaper to play Classic WoW. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they were looking at this is that they will bait people like with Classic WoW, right? Mm. Get them into the into – the, back into the subscription – um, they'll see how sort of like clunky and awkward and bad this old version of the game is, right. and then they'll say, "Well, I wonder how the modern version is." It's, it's, and it's then a, they'll step. Yeah, into it's that a fundamental step. misunderstanding what what people are looking for and what you can really deliver with a game, which is like the, the things that, that a game can give you that something like a movie, which is closer actually, like the clicker experience um, of modern WoW, is is closer, I would argue, to something more like a movie, like this theme park idea. Yeah. Um, the thing that games give you that other media can't are. Are that sense of challenge and accomplishment and then that sense of teamwork. Yeah. And it's just it's just kind of true that like classic wow, as much of a pain in the ass it was, like That's the point. It's it shared was, suffering with your yeah, friends. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it did those two things. It just did those two things extremely effectively. Yeah. Um and modern wow does not do those two things. So but, the idea that it's a that it's a worse game design because it's clunky is Right, because some things take longer, so yeah, I mean, people they, they, won't like it. You know, yeah, yeah. This, this, this well, yeah, we talked about this before. Like, yeah, like, right. The difference between because had they just taken classic WoW and instead of instead of changing how the game plays, just made the graphics better continuously over time. Yeah, right? just kept on adding shit and adding shit. Right, it would have been a different thing than if they completely changed how the game actually yeah. plays. Yeah. Because I remember when, when uh, Diablo three came out, mm-hmm. I was so excited about Diablo three, which just took terrible. like ten fucking years to yeah. out, and it was bad, <laughs> it, and was, and so it was so bad. So bad. <laughs> and really, what I wanted was was Diablo two that didn't look like shit. Yep, that's actually what I want. Because like yep. and, really and yep, and like and maybe can, like one extra class, just sure you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, some, and some more content, definitely yep. right. But um, but because yeah, I and you can track you can chalk that up to nostalgia, but the fact is like. I, I had played that my wife and I played the shit out of Diablo two when we were in a long distance relationship for like uh nine months or something mm-hmm. like that. Um we played the shit out of that game. And that was not I mean, it's a long time ago now, but it wasn't a long time ago relative to when Diablo three came out mm-hmm. and still fucking loved it. Like I loved that. It was so much fun to play that game. Mm-hmm. And Diablo Three came out and it just was it was the same deal. It was like the streamlined it was so bad. Well, I just, think I think importantly, it was designed around the cash shop. Yeah. You know, like they had the real money auction house and because of it, so like the driving factor in Diablo 2 is the loot. Yeah. You get – there's certain loot drops and you know what they are, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So like there's a certain helm and you're like, fuck, I'm a barbarian. I, I got to get that helm and yep. you try to go figure out how to get it, right? But because they had the real money auction house, they wanted players to sell and buy loot, mm-hmm. which meant they just randomized everything. There yeah. was no special helm for you to get. Yep. There just were helms that you had to yep. go buy from another player with for 10 bucks or something, mm-hmm. which is – it's the whole, it's the whole game. thing breaks. It's not right? a game at that point. That's what yeah. I was trying to get. Like it's not it, – when you, when you start that process, you're, you're really eroding the core thing that a game yeah. can deliver. And again, to like this this comes down to like design by analytics and A-B testing, which yeah. – which what an A-B test tells you is which two things perform better based on your measurements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what your measurements it are. It doesn't tell you whether anything is good. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the key difference yeah. there. Um, yeah. So I, I think – I think this is like – this is probably one of the most important things to happen in quite a long time in terms of the opportunities that it creates for reflecting on uh, social behavior, mm-hmm. on culture, on how people interact with each other on the internet as well as like how people are mm-hmm. affected by context. Because now you have two versions of a game. Like this is legit like – it's, it's an like A-B a, test. It's an A-B test where you branch the universe and you get to see like, yeah. OK, we've got a version of World of Warcraft that has like – Super fast dungeons and all of these streamlined, Everyone fantastic, beautiful graphics. And Everybody's and, a god in this game mm-hmm. and everybody can do everything. I think there was other version where it's just fucking hard and everything takes forever. Yeah, and, it looks bad because it's old. And it's old and the graphics aren't as good. And like, which one do people like? And now you get to see. Uh-huh. But, but Yeah, but there's another part of this too, right? Which is, let's let's say that at some point, whatever whatever the preference is kind of stabilizes, right? And yep. now you have some people who go back to modern well, some people are playing old, some people moving back and forth, whatever. And this kind of stabilizes, and it might stabilize to a point where there's fewer people playing classic than modern, right? Um, but the question there is still, like, are, what, what have you actually optimized for between those two? Does it actually mean that that's a worse game? You know, like what, what right. does it actually mean? They're just two different games. They're just way. two different well, my, games. My hope, what the people are actually yeah, I mean of my hope is that is that because now like the biggest competitor for each of those games is the other one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so my hope is that we end up in some kind of middle ground where basically the the modern version of the game kind of like backpedals a bit on some mm-hmm. of this ridiculous amount of streamlining mm-hmm. and and there's some genuine effort to try to bring back some of the social experiences that used to exist in the old version of it. because um, I think that's just what people just want to like have friends and do cool fun yeah. things with yeah. them you know it's teamwork and chat yeah, yeah I think about this like because I, I normally hate uh, survival games but I hate them mm-hmm. because because you, you're like all you're if it's a single player experience and all you're doing is you're getting the sense of progression that gets then yanked away from you right and yeah. you start and, and the, in fact the better you do the worse the inevitable outcome mm-hmm, right? <laughs> because, because it now, hurts more it hurts more uh, but now you go do this like, and so now you go play ARC with with people that you have a fun social interaction with right and now all of a sudden, it doesn't fucking matter. Like you, like the worst things that could possibly happen. You lose, you lose an entire. Like every time that I've played it now, I'll play for like a six hour stretch or something. In the entire six hours, I might as well have not played in terms of outcome. Right? <laughs> <I> mean, the <laughs> outcome you're is still I'm, naked. I'm right back at square one. So it was a trace Yeah, but but what I got was this really compelling and fun shared experience. Uh, that we then like get to talk about for like the next week basically. And you got things um, to look forward to as a group, you know? Yeah. And now you're trying to figure out, okay, like we, so what so, should we do together? Exactly. Next time, like, how do, next how do we, we actually play? get around the difficulty of this? You know? Yeah. So even, even last night, my wife and I were just talking about some stuff and all of a sudden I just, I just remembered, I was just thinking about ARC all of a sudden again. And I was like, cause we're going to get back in there, you know? And I was like, yeah. We're in the metal tier now, but like it's so hard to find metal. Where the fuck can we get metal? You know, like all of a sudden there's yeah. like a peer to my brain. So, so then my wife and I just started talking about this. We're like, how do we get metal? You know, so like, and then I'm Googling stuff. Like, where's it's like, oh, it's up in the mountains. So then, yeah. so then we start making a plan. Okay, yeah, now you like, got oh, a, a plan, gonna, plan gonna, and you're, yeah, we got <laughs> <get the fight laughs> to yeah, get mountains. Fucking Titanobos. Yeah, exactly. And we're, oh, and, and we're just like making dinner right now, you know, but now we have this again, we have this shared experience yeah. that we get to keep on drawing yeah. back on. And, and I, th- and I think, you know, like a great sort of, uh, uh, like metaphor for this is that in the modern version of of WoW, everything is your level. Okay? Yes, yeah. So like, if you're level 20 and you go to some like crazy looking fire land, you're just find a bunch of level 20 fire monsters. Yep. And then you go over to some like, quote, low level zone where there's just a bunch of random like boars. Those are also level 20, right? Yep. It's like everywhere you go, the world just is like bowing to you and being like oh i'm sorry let me just adjust the thermostat and make <laughs> right, sure that right. everything is room temperature right um but what that means then is you never make plans like you don't yeah. think about what you're going to do next because what you do next doesn't fucking matter because mm-hmm. the game is always going to adjust the and thermostat. particularly you don't really need to make long term plans right because no. because uh, the thing with like with uh with classic wow or with arc or something is if there's a thing that you want it might take a hundred hours of gameplay or yeah. more. And more and you know, but you so know, you like once you thing. get that thing, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's be Remember Mesrinache? Yeah, the pink plane strider in Bulgor? Yes. yes, I do. So, <laughs> I do not. It basically looks like a flamingo. There's it's like this, a big bird. Yeah, so there's these ugly birds in called one of the opening zoin- zones called plane striders. They're basically ostriches or like an emu ostrich thing. Yeah. And there's a pink one called mm-hmm. Mesranachi. It's the only pink one in the whole fucking world. And it's a special one, which also means that it it will kick like, the shit out of you. It's like a truck. Yeah. <laughs> and so – and it's like level 10 or something like that? Yeah. And so it's it happens to be the exact same – around the same level as you are when you first learn get the ability to be able to tame these things. Ah, so then everybody wants it. And also it eats bread. And so fruit. You, and fruit, which are things you have to buy. You can only <laughs> – you can't <laughs> – yeah, you generally don't like – you can't farm those things yeah, out of the world. Right. Yeah. And so uh, – It's just a – it's a very – It's a pain in the ass to, yeah. <laughs> to get. Yeah, it's very – also, it Bright. screams. It screams when it attacks. Yeah, every time you say that, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this weird, fucking bird. It's Kind of like having a, a like a confetti cannon as a pet. It is, yeah. uh, <laughs> but of course, I mean I saw it and I was like, I, I need that. I need this. Uh, but the problem is, a lot of people see it and they're like, I need that. Yeah. Everyone's always trying to tame. More people see it and they're like, I wonder if that drops something. It's a big or pink bird. Or so they, just, and then kill they it. just go kill it. So. And then the respawn time is like six fucking hours. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Mesuracha is not usually even around. Uh-huh. It's um, rare to see it. Rare to see, but then every so often, or like you'll camp out. People camp out on the path, the circuit that this fucking flamingo takes yeah. in order to basically track it. And then they're clear out mobs around, like other wolves, and shit. you're going to get attacked if you're not you know careful. Yeah. So clear out an area around it, heal up, and then you have to get a buddy usually with you who will somehow keep you, alive. keep you alive while this bird just mauls the shit out of you <laughs> uh, while you yeah. try to tame it because you have to just sit there and you basically like little hearts shoot out of your hands. So you, while you're you trying need to, to quote while tame you. Yeah, while and, it's just murdering and, you and if it loses focus because someone heals you too much then stops. it's basically like you have to like make eye contact with it and maintain eye contact while, while it's attacking it's you. It's just visceral right, so like 10 When was the last time that both of you had tried to tame Mes uh, I haven't done it in the modern game. Are we talking I mean, like okay. 10 years ago? It literally it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. So now this is like, – I think this is, this is like the culmination of this point, which is the – You remember re- that shit. You remember shit. the shit yeah. out of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you remember this like to a, a crazy minute detail degree, mm-hmm. right? You remember all the details about how you had to do it. You remember when all these eats. people
1: okay, – yeah.
0: What Like everything about it because of because of how how much you had to plan and how much you had to socialize right. around making this mm-hmm. all, all happen. Uh, and I think that's kind of – that's kind of the nice summary. Of that's, like, the of why, that's, that's the point. The, that's the point, right? That's why. That's why you do these things. But actually, and, so. and to bring back the idea that you had voiced earlier about one of the Blizzard employees saying, like, or, or I guess the, the overarching strategy saying, we don't want to, we don't want to put dev time into content that not many people experience. Um, so, that's the best content. <laughs> well, it's not, but it's not only that. It's, it's what do you mean by it, that they experience it, right? Because yes. almost nobody's going to get this thing as a pet, right? But how many people are going to try to? And more mm-hmm. importantly than that, even how many people are going to hear about it? Yep. Yes. Right, yeah. Basically, like everybody, is a, the difficulty so, creates the yeah. story, which is part of the which original. is the and content. And I I, that's actually and the content. And I still remember one time I was doing a raid, and there was a guy. It was like way back then, right? And one guy had this pet, and he level just sixty. Level, he leveled it up, to 60 <laughs> and he named it. He named it in all caps, Loose Cannon. And it was just like. <laughs> And this bird became, like, the mascot of this entire guild oh, sure. where, like, they had to have loose cannon the flamingo ready to go uh-huh. for all of their raids. Otherwise, <laughs> they weren't – it's like a lucky charm, you know? I'm not sure the melee players hated that. Yeah, because this bird is, this next bird is standing a, next to all the warriors screaming around, every so fucking screaming the whole time. Uh, but, like, those are the things that you remember. Yep, so. yep. Anyway, we should hit at least, like, one or two questions. Uh, yeah, We're right. overtime, we should hit two questions. But it right. is Labor Day, so, you know. We got, we got nothing going it's on. Labor Day. It's Labor Day. <laughs> Uh, All right. First question comes from Chalosis. Would you all consider having Sure and Orsampada on as a guest? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. We could. Uh, It's kind of up to them. Mm -hmm. um, If they're podcasting is hard, actually. It is hard. Uh, You got to be like really, you got to really be on for the whole time and you got to like jump in and insert yourself into things a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of. We're not going to push it on anybody. Yeah, it's it's hard to insert yourself into our dynamic. Yes. It's the three together. of us just never shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <facts>. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and we spent <laughs> three, we going. spent three decades doing it. Yeah. We've basically been podcasting our entire lives yep. together. So it's not a trivial matter. It's it's we'll hard just, to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> just so. jump in. So yeah, the way that we've done it in the past, um, in, in past episodes is basically bring in, uh, at, you know, somebody else from the studio, basically just to like talk for about a for a segment where yeah. they talk about something that they're up to or, or whatever, basically for that reason, because it's so mm-hmm. hard. But but then once you do that now, it's kind of weird. Cause now it's like almost like they're giving a speech. Yeah. So and you're like, all right, go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so long story short, not off the table at all, but it's uh, it's, it's not as, it's not as easy as it sounds like it should be. You it just have, just, have yeah. somebody jump in. Yeah. So all right, next question comes from modern wizard, which mm-hmm. is probably a programmer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, can we get an update on the bidet? Like it, love it? Any regrets? It is still not hooked up. was <laughs> <laughs> the, the short? End. Well, but love it so. Wait, what? Because it it'll be easy to hook up, right? Well, but every time go? I think about doing it, because, OK, so now I've got to figure out which bathroom is going to go in, right? I got, oh, God. I got the one that allows hot water. Already? Mm-hmm. This is which means it. there's two places it can go. I mean, if you can plan can go, to climb just, a mountain and sh- fight at Titanoboa <laughs> to get some metal, I feel like you can get that bidet installed. <laughs> no, you know? Yeah. But, so, OK. So it can go first floor or third floor, right? Mm-hmm. OK. That's fine. So first floor is the guest bathroom. As yeah. in, like, because when we have people over, that's... So yeah, I don't mean guests like people staying over. I mean like when people come over, we're on the first floor. Mm-hmm. So that's the bathroom they're going to use, right? So it makes me a little weirded yeah, out. I wouldn't put it down to like. have it in there. Mm-hmm. But the third floor is the is basically the, effectively the guest bathroom, like where people would stay. Uh, it's where it's where basically my wife's uh, uh, her like sewing station and mm-hmm. hobby crafting spaces. So like I never go up there, mm. right? so now it's weird because either I now make like a, a new a brand new dedicated dumping space right which is like, like <laughs> Ooh, the just, third floor the third floor bathroom is now just like where the is but now you can is, say right? to your wife I'm going to the third floor <laughs> I'm going to the third floor <laughs> I'm going to take a number three <laughs> <laughs> one of those euphemisms <laughs> So, so it could go there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if it's on the first floor, then now we have this problem of like, you know, yeah. it's it's the guest one because it makes it weirds me out the idea that there's just like this water shooting mechanism that almost anybody who visits will not be familiar with. Yes, and it feels like that's going to create some problems. It will be surprising. And the final piece of this is that is and that it, it's basically installing a uh, it's basically installing a like a, a like a fire hydrant, you know, inside because like it, it shoots up. Yeah, it it really shoots gets. up at an angle at a pretty mm-hmm. good pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that if that thing got loose, it would just be shooting water at 45 degrees. Like uh, It's like reverse peeing. Yep. You know? It's right. like coming out, out of the out toilet at yep. 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. Toilet's peeing mm-hmm. back toilet at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so
0: it, I, have, I have very intense paranoia about about all the things that can go wrong in a house. You and know? it is 2019. So they it is 2019, so they will go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so all these things collectively culminate in like, yeah, I could plug this thing in in like 20 minutes. But – but where I put, put it? it, should I? And is what exactly. Okay. But it's like this kind of, I'm in this should I space okay. that I'm just paranoid enough that, that the incentive to so do it is not what you purchased all of my fears. Was instead of something that shoots water, it just sort of sprays anxiety exactly, and sort of yeah. into your house. And this yeah. is so funny too, because when, when I was thinking about getting it, I wasn't thinking about all this stuff at all. I was just like, Oh yeah. Like a bidet sounds awesome. Right. Like it like it solves mm-hmm. all these, all these problems. Sounds like the, the way we should be doing things anyway, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I didn't worry about it at all. I was just like, "Oh no, what the hot water one?" You know, mm, and, yeah. what, and features yeah, what features do I? What features do I? And like, oh, what color do I? want? That's all I'm thinking of, right? And then I buy it. And then it comes to the house. Now it's time to install it, and now all of a sudden I start asking all the barrel. actual questions. Uh, <laughs> the barrel of a bidet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how you get shit in your eye. Yep, that's you how know? you get it. So I don't know. I, I feel like you should just put it in the third floor. Just do it and try it, because I feel like part of this problem is that. You work, I haven't had you've the experience. You've gotten kind of worked it. up about it. I'm going to be honest. Like the idea of yeah. this bidet causing so much trouble. But only only if I install it. You know what I mean? Like, that's well, true. Well, it's not installed. It's causing no problem. Right now all. it's sort Teethless. of Schrodinger's bidet. Where yeah. I, <laughs> it could be a great experience or terrible, but. but I think Schrodinger's have, bidet, I bidet is when there's a bidet on toilet, but you don't know if it works or not. You know what I mean? Because right. then you don't know until. Yeah. And then, so if you don't, you have don't any, know if it's going to spray water exactly. or ruin your house. Yeah. I think everybody just clean it is Schrodinger's bidet. Really? That's Very right. exciting. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final question comes from Butterscotch Atheist. Wow. So I guess not cool. really a big believer in – In Butterscotch. In what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just learned that holding shift while scrolling lets you scroll sideways. Yep. Mind-blowing, right? What are your favorite keyboard and mouse shortcuts, development shortcuts, or shortcuts uh, on your way to work? Also, who needs to scroll sideways? What's What's happening – I scroll in- sideways all the time. Well, that's because you're doing art things. Exactly. You just answer your own question. <laughs> <and scroll points. laughs> Who needs this except for the people who need it? Uh yeah. But, so but yeah, but how often the so if you're not doing art, I what never, other Yeah, I do, do you not scroll to, sideways unless I'm doing All right. The most mind-blowing thing that I have learned is the concept of vertical selection. Vertical selection is fucking great. Is it where you hold alt? Depends the, on the software, but okay, oftentimes yeah. it's alt. And the operating system. If you wanna if you want to experience vertical selection, and maybe you're not a programmer or whatever, you just want to see what this is about. Feel it, give <laughs> Get it Get like yourself little program called notepad plus plus actually no no skip that go right to vs code vs code has it too and it's infinitely better you can hold alt and i can't remember what the, what the shortcut is but okay. there's a there's vertical selection so you just hold whatever the button is and, and notepad plus plus it's alt and then in vs code it's it's whatever thing. It you'll, you, you'll google it and you and you'll find out with the, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just you can drag a cursor right down through as many rows as you want and then you can just start typing and now you're just typing the same shit on all the mm-hmm. or you can delete Things. You can delete things in a, in a column. It's real weird. And you might be thinking like, that's fucking weird. It is. But as a programmer, it it also knowing that you have this, it makes you kind of like clean up your code by vertically aligning things wherever you can so that you can very easily like mass edit uh, mm-hmm. chunks of text. So your code looks better. It's easier to work with. And it's weirdly satisfying to type on like 12 lines at mm. the same time. I think my favorite one in Inkscape is the simplify function, which I have mapped to tab. Ooh. Which I'm just slapping tab literally all the time. What Simplify does is it takes a illustration line, which is a bunch of nodes, and it just runs some weird algorithm on them and just starts ripping out nodes because keep it looking pretty much the same. Yes, yeah, as, as, well, yeah, kind little, of the same. Little smoother. It'll start to kind of yeah. It does introduce a little bit of wobble, um, which has gotten actually more problematic as I've gotten better at art because I'm like I'm. Very purposely trying to put this in a particular place, um, right? But yeah, it's like my fa- It's one of my favorite functions by far because you just slam tab, you just hold it, and the longer you hold it, the more aggressive it gets about culling nodes out. Yeah. And so if you have like this really weird wobbly line, and then you just sit there and you're like, bah, and you just hold tab, it'll like, it'll just sort of tame it, it'll rein it in, which is really nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. My favorite sheet. My favorite shortcut. Sheet court. Sheet court. and sheet court <laughs> is not. It's a it's it's a shortcut in outcome, but kind of a long cut in in in, in a, a mechanism. Okay, which is because this is a keyboard What's shortcut, it? right? It's a it's a, a shortcut thing and outcome. Okay, so a, a a keyboard shortcut is a thing you type okay. to make something happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. got it. Okay, so it's it's programming, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and I don't want to go all the way to like write a program because that's clearly like taking too, far. too far. Yeah, but regex though, yes, fucking regular expressions I use so often, so often, like so you. If, Last week, we were talking about our – we have this website called LVLHD.co, right, mm-hmm. which we use for our short links for sharing levels. These – uh that URL freaks people the fuck out because they're looking at it and like, I don't know what this is. This looks, like, looks like, like a no of letters. Yep. Yeah, this looks like malware. This Importantly, like when we bad. got it, we were like, this is so cool. Yeah. it's Look how short it is. People love short things. Yep. So so then last week we were like, OK, we need we need something new. So I, I went through I went through Google domains and I was just like looking up different kinds of things that we could get. Uh, and and so I had this long list of things. So I was like, OK, well, I need everybody to look at this. Right. But it was all in Google domains. So it's just in this weird HTML table, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I copy paste over. And of course, it comes out in just like some wacky ass format where there's just like there's prices in there. There's all, all mm-hmm. kinds of shit that we don't need because all I want is the domains. Uh, so I'm like, oh, this is fine. So so literally 20 seconds later. I've just used a regex to clean it all up and turn, mm. convert it into a markdown list just of the domains. Right. So, regex is just, it's like text wizardry. Yeah. yeah. And, and, or and surgery. I'm if I more. text surgery, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there were other ways I could have done, it. I could have like potentially pasted it into like Excel maybe. And then like found if it worked properly, then like gotten that column out. And then that would have worked too, yeah. potentially. And yeah, then, I and see. It, yeah. You I know, so, so there may have been some other, way, but, but the, the fact that you can basically take just any group of, text that you want to format in some way and then apply some like really quick because most of the, the regex tricks are going to be really, really quick. It's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I have all, all these, like I have all these extra new lines. I just want to get rid of them. So that they just like, there's, there's one new line between everything. Like that's trivial. It takes just a second to you know, do that. Um, so, and I was helping my wife a few weeks ago. She was doing, helping some, uh, helping this, uh, this blog that she you know, volunteers for to like clean up all of their metadata basically. Um, and so she was going through, I was just like looking over her her shoulder, like looking at what she was doing. I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, I was like, (laughs) you drop a regex. I just said, install VS code. And just let me, let me do, let me show you how to do this faster. Cause she was like trying to replace some markdown with Mm. HTML or something. And so, cause I saw the number, she had like a control, you know, control F to see how many there Mm. were. There were like 60 instances of it. I was like, no, you are not doing this by hand. And then 20 seconds later, it's all done. We fixed it. Um, amazing Now all with the power of regex. Now is it, is it settled that it's regex or regex? Is this, is this a, a, GIF? It's a GIF GIF? I've situation. never heard anybody say regex. I've heard people say this. Okay. But it does make sense because it's regular expression. It's okay. also a graphical exchange exactly. form. Inter, inter, exactly. Graphical interchange. Form inter-change. interchange? Whatever it is, it's graphical. Yeah. Not graphical. Not graphical. <laughs> so I don't know where GIF came from. Uh, it came from, well, that's the only reason this is an argument, is because the guy who yeah. who invented it insisted that it is GIF. I feel like he must be trolling, them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's just like, what you know i was going to drop this in yep. there. And just <laughs> pick <up> a <laughs> spot, throw some fire it. I think my favorite sh- work shortcut, shortcut coming to work, if you come down Forest Park Parkway uh-huh. to 20 South Sarah Street, where the office is park, 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 located, park, 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 park. Uh, if you're coming from the the west, there's a stoplight. The problem is And that you're blind. It, and you're blind because the sun is yeah. happening. Uh, the left, you can only go left when it has the little left arrow on this particular traffic light. Mm-hmm. And the little left arrow shows up for, I believe, four fucking seconds out of mm-hmm. every minute. Okay? Yeah. But the green light is there, you know, half the time. And so what I found, uh, thanks to Sampy, actually, if you could let me know on this one, is you just don't worry about it. You just go straight, go through the green light. So you just don't yeah. – you're not turn on Sarah. You you're not taking you're- a left. And then there's a little inlet about half a block down. Yeah. And I mean, you, you can just whip a U. Yeah. You to go through the light. Drive hundred feet, do a U turn. Yep. Right? yep. Now you're through. You <laughs> almost, can take a right whenever you want. Yeah. A almost every time I have to have to take a left, I do something like that instead. Yep. Because that's just it's always easier to drive another mile or hundred of them, mm-hmm. and still somehow that's always better. Dude, One, left turns are the fucking worst. Yeah, they're garbage. And actually, the I think the U.S. Postal <laughs> Service figured this out. Yeah, they don't turn Did left. You hear left. about that's this? Right, yeah. They mm-hmm. only turn. Or they they optimize their routes to minimize left turns yeah, because yeah. left turns. Take for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. You can't and take they're them. They're dangerous. On. They're dangerous. You're crossing multiple lanes of traffic. You can't turn on reds. Yep. You know, which means you're running the the truck longer. It takes you longer to get anywhere, and then you die. Yep. Because somebody hits you. Just yep. the worst. You're waiting. Yeah. You're waiting a long time just to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's that's see. what left taking a left turn is. Yeah. That's a terrible. So yeah. just go right. You know. Maybe we got to update our. Oh yeah. We go right. Go- <laughs> when yeah, in wind yeah, driving yeah. always go right yeah. but in all other circumstances go left. always go left in circumstances with yeah when it's when there's no oncoming traffic or when yeah. you're on one of those countries where traffic is flipped you know you're like yeah, right. yeah which true. is all of them which, I don't yeah, think it indeed. is all of them it's, it's like, actually a lot yeah. less than i thought yeah. it's quite a lot yeah it yeah. is quite a lot it's quite a lot i know india has the left hand uh, left hand driving right yeah. yeah. Which yeah. side do we drive on? We, drive on, on the other we drive on the right side, but we sit on the left side of our vehicles. What is that about? I think it's so it's that – so you can be closer to oncoming traffic so that you die faster. <laughs> it's so that your passenger dies less fast. Ah, okay. Right? Because now what you've got is you got the two drivers are both smashing into each other. Right. And the passengers are kind of further away. It's like they a jousting just, situation. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> jousting and then the passengers get to be a little bit kind of off mm. to the side of Speaking what's of jousting, did you know that an arc – you can throw spears Do from not. on top of a dinosaur. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's play day, buddy. Play <laughs> day. We got to go. It's time for dinosaur jazz All right. Well, that's all the time we have because we got to go throw some spears off the top of a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to Net. where there's links to like a trillion things. Then you can also listen to the other, you know uh two hundred and twenty episodes mm-hmm. that we got over there. No, yeah no, two hundred no. and and less than that. Less than that. Because the first thirteen are not available. We, sc- we scrapped those ones. They were warm-ups. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, we also got links to everything else there. And don't forget to go to meet.beescotch dot net to get your tickets for shenanigans for September twenty eighth. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.